Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. DVR, what are your thoughts on Glenn Close? I don't, don't really have any thoughts on Glenn Close. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the greatest hour of your life. It's under the radar. Part of the Athletic Fantasy Football. <laughs> oh, man, here we go. The Take Athletic <laughs> Fantasy Baseball Podcast. <laughs> With me, as always, my friend and yours, Someone's excited for football season. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we were just talking about it. Anyway. Uh, your friend and mine? Question mark. Ian Kahn. Oh, your your friend and mine for sure, for sure, for sure. Johnny editor Ian Kahn. We can't talk about it though. Ah, uh, you can go ahead, go ahead, talk about. Uh, it. I don't want. No, I know it's uh, you got some weird reason you don't want to talk about. Well, no, it, so all right. So then I'll, I'll, I guess I guess but just make sure you check out the tout table. So on the tout table this week, uh, which Todd Zola sends out, lovely Todd Zola, I made a big trade with in. Uh, uh, what was that? X. What is that? XFL, right? DVR. XFL. Yeah, you got to say it the way Vince McMahon does it, though. Otherwise, it XFL count. like that. Is that how he says it? It's sort of how he says it. So on the tout table, they the the week was tell us about your trading theories. And I was like, I can't write all my trading theories in like three sentences. So, but I went and I looked, and Nando put down three. Ian things. is the only person who reads everyone else's response. It's a big Google shared doc. And I just go to the next open line and write what I say and get out. And I guess Ian is reading every response. Well, I always will read your response. You're my partner and my friend. So I'm going to read your response. I'll read DVR's response. By the way, I'm just so happy I'm not in a league. DVR and, our, DVR and I are in a number of leagues together, but we're not in any industry leagues together. And that makes me very happy. It's no fun competing against DVR in an industry league because I'm always rooting for DVR. And anyway, that's a little sidebar. So I read the tau table and Nando does sort of says something to the effect of, well, yeah, you know, I like trading and it's fine. And like, I can always expect uh, Fred Zinke's going to write me a paragraph and uh, Scott Pianowski's going to do this. And, and I know not to get on the phone with Ian Khan and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you can't write that, dude. Stop telling people not to get on the phone with me. They should but get on the phone. it's just such a weird thing. But no. The, you don't want to say it on the show, but all we do is joke on the show about how not don't get on the phone with Ian Khan. <laughs> no, but you should because that's how he, Todd Zola may have just won the trade, made a trade in XFL, which is a league that I do with Steve Gardner that we're in a full rebuild on. And Todd Zola may have just made a trade to win the league by getting on the phone. And then there was someone else this week who I made a trade with. Oh, it was Lenny Melnick. I was talking to Lenny Melnick about... But NL- I don't think anyone's actually going to listen to that advice. About getting on the phone? Everyone should get on the phone. Everyone should be getting on the phone to make a trade. You want to know why? Because we're cosplaying that we're baseball general managers. Do you think that Brian Cashman sends somebody an email saying, hey, so I was thinking, no, he picks up the phone. Did you ever see Moneyball? He picks up the phone. They have a conversation. They go, all right, I'll give you this guy for this guy. That sounds good for you. Hey, that sounds good for me. All right, sounds good. Boom. It's super fun. And it saves you a lot of problems. Instead of sending like five offers over, you just hear and you listen and you figure out what the fit is. So anyway, that's well, my... Well, so Ian bullied me into changing it. I, I, I don't know. Bullied is the so word. So I had to change it. So <laughs> I was just like... So there you go. They'll do that. So I guess, yeah, I guess, all right. All right, I bullied you. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Up. Sorry about that, pal. Sorry anyway, about that. so yeah, you know, it was just a weird thing. Anyway, check out the tout table. We have to do it as members of Tout Wars. Yes, we do. That's fine. At least two a year. I've done my two. But I still do them anyway because I know what it's like having to herd people to do that, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's like herd. I, I, feel, I like Zola. I like Zola too. He, he, yeah. put out a, he put out a trade thing at 1121 on Sunday night. Uh, he emailed the league. And then I saying i need a catcher <laughs> and i emailed him back i said hey you want to hop a call and then we hopped a call and uh made a giant trade <laughs> and then ended up making a giant trade which will thank god i didn't leave mine in or else he wouldn't have done yes the call. and then he would not win the league because he's has a legitimate chance to win the league now because he got edwin diaz he got taylor ward he got jared walsh uh walsh and ward are keepable on good contracts and he gave me shane baz and jeremy pena and i gave him eric Collins because he needed the catcher what are we doing with Shane Boz? He's uh, close. Me and I mean, Steve well, Gardner, he's not very close, but he's 
Shane Boz, it doesn't matter. We're not. This is the one league. I'm. It, it, it's so much fun because I have Different, no. Where are you on Shane Boz? All right, very good. Very in. Well, he hasn't spoken yet. I feel bad. Yeah, Shane Boz, right, very good, very very good. Big big arm, big superstar arm. All right, great. Ian, sorry, you can continue now. No, I'm good. But, but but good trades happen. Trades are fun. Trades feel good. I, I made a trade with Cushing this week with Robert Marshak, and I traded him in GDD. Um, he traded us Luis Urias, and we traded him Garrett Whitlock. And it was fascinating. Trading with Alex Cushing is a fascinating experience because um, he's very firm in what he believes and he's just like, no, this is the right trade. It's fair. You, and, and he made a great point because we have Mikhail Franco as our third baseman. And he was like, in a 15-team league, he said, you're eventually going to stop wanting Mikhail Franco as your third baseman. And then you're going to be over a barrel. Right now, you're getting equal value, Urias for Whitlock. Um, and I was like, you know what? He's really right. You know, he's like, you're going to try to squeeze me. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to squeeze you. You have too many corner infielders. He was like, don't squeeze me. And then Rob was like, we should squeeze him. And I was like, let's not squeeze him. Let's not squeeze him. Let's just make the trade. So we ended up making the trade. It was uh, fair. Very fair. fair. Oh, hold on. I'm looking for your response to the tout table. See what you wrote. I didn't. <laughs> After all that, you didn't even write something? No, I didn't. <laughs> no. Oh, come on, I, man. I, I saw the tout table and I was like, and then I read yours and I, so I texted you guys. I was like, no, dude, you can't write that. And then it turned into that little thing and then I moved on to something else. Oh, actually, I got to take back what I said. Sarah, Chance, Sarah Sanchez uh, reads, <laughs> reads the tout table right. because she read, she read Andy Barron's response. Uh, and then responded to him and they tried to work out a trade, I guess, in the in They the made a trade. That's what Zola told me. Zola said funny. that they this made a trade a on the tout table. table. Done. Send me the deal. Right. They did it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So you and Sarah Sanchez read the tout table. Everyone should read the tout table. Why not? And because you've got the in there. smartest, uh, you have the smartest players in the game. Well, uh, smartest industry players playing amongst many other really smart players sharing their ideas about how they go about the game. It's cool. Oh, she traded Bregman for Kershaw. She got rid of Kershaw. And then he oh. hit the, the IL 24 hours later. Oh, what do you do about nice. that guy? DVR, I'm going to ask you, since you haven't spoken much, what do you do in that situation? Is it just tough crap, that's the deal? Or if, is there like a, a, a certain amount of time that you kind of say, oh man, an hour later the guy goes in the IL? How would you handle that? If it's a weekly league and we're trading on Thursday and it doesn't take effect until Monday, I'd probably reach out like during the negotiation and say, hey, let's assume that everybody involved or at least the main players involved are still healthy at the end of the weekend and we'll proceed accordingly. But usually I just trade a lot closer to the actual time when the trade takes effect to avoid that scenario from happening. Okay, but let's say you don't make that. Let's say you don't say that, right? Because I don't say that. You don't say that. I make a trade on a Tuesday. The It doesn't go into effect until next Monday. And I trade Bregman and I get Kershaw on Wednesday. What should I, what should we do? What do you, what, what as commissioner, would, would you as commissioner step in or does it need to be the largesse of the player who gives up the injured player? Nah, it's, I think it's on the person that gave up the injured player. If anyone's going to reach out, I don't think this is a commissioner issue. I think both sides agreed to a trade knowing the rules of when it was going to take effect. So I, it's really just about whether or not you want to have that protection sort of built into the deal yourself. So I don't think that there, I don't think there's any obligation to actually reverse it, but I try to avoid that situation because it's it's terrible. Like you don't you don't want to trade someone an injured player. Obviously, in this situation, no one knew that was going to happen, so it's just random. So I'm guessing they probably just left it alone and and moved on. It should be the largesse of the person who got the injured player well, to be like, you know what, crap happens, man. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting not, question. Not the person who made the trade. It's the person who got who got and should be like, all right, man, it could have happened to you too. You know, Bregman could have gotten hurt on a bicycle. Yeah, probably a bicycle. The stadium. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's probably not driving a bicycle to the stadium, but it's a charming thought. Um, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, waving to people as he goes by. <laughs> that's why he got hurt because he was waving. Somebody went, Bregman! Yeah, 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 and then he was a crash. Yeah. And then he, he ends up running into the, into the center thing and tears an ACL. Terrible. Oh, last night I was playing, uh, I was throwing tennis balls to my son in the front yard and uh, he hit a line drive that hit me right in the face and he is hitting hard and I could, just couldn't get my glove up in time. 
because I pitch from pretty close because I can't control it from like 40, you know, from 60 feet or 50 feet. So I come in like 30 feet. I'm like, ah, it's a tennis ball. Boom. Boom. You got to buy a net. You got to buy a net. Oh, I could do that. Couldn't I yeah, get the L screen going? Get the L yeah. screen going. It just feels like I was literally like, if I'm going to go out there again with him and do that, I got to like get one of those helmets with like a face covering and wear a cup. Like for real. Like that's always been a concern. But he hit a bomb this weekend. I have to mention it. He in his uh, on Sunday, he played doubleheader Saturday, played doubleheader on Sunday. It's not I, I didn't even go Sunday. My wife went Sunday, drove out to Connecticut an hour and a half away. And uh, Chris Dolan, who's the father of Lennox, I talked about him on the show, the Tom Brady kid. So he was he was at the game and uh, I saw I have a video of it. I can't believe I didn't send it to you guys. I should have sent it to you guys. And he hit up apparently a majestic bomb home run that just kept rolling. It's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. So he's the 13 year old is having fun playing baseball. That's great. It's really fun. And I'm not coaching, so it's all good. Everything is working great. Mostly. Those two aren't necessarily related. Well, no, it just changes, changes my dynamic to as the coach or just as the dad who sits outside the fence and cheers them on as opposed to the coach who's like, you know, talking to the 12 kids and teaching the 12 kids. It's just a much less intense experience by like 100%, 100% less intense. Nice. Now he can be that annoying father who complains when he doesn't get enough playing time. Now he's batting fourth, playing first base, pitched three innings, struck out eight batters. He's he's doing fine. They're they're That's happy. Pretty good. They're happy to have him. They're happy to have him. Uh, he's five eleven, and you know, he's, kids kids growing. While we're on that, uh, I got a text from a friend. I don't know if I, actually I don't know if that was sent in confidence or if he wanted to be named. So we'll just say a friend. Uh, he requested that Ian read the most Ariel Cohen tweet ever, oh. which came out last night. I think I know what tweet that is. Yeah, oh, you probably saw it in your own, right? I did see it. I think it was I know a what softball it is. brag. It was a big time <laughs> softball brag that came out at twelve ten a.m. Well, overnight. if you don't say who it was, I'm not doing it. If you can't, now, come say, on, just, I, no, I don't know. Can I? I don't know. I mean, should he, I? If he's if this person is pushing this on people, then I it think, was Phil Dussault. If it was not Phil Dussault, that is yeah, a lie. Yeah, he texted me. Yeah, yeah he said, "Have you read this?" No, he said, "Have you no, read this?" Please. There's zero chance in heck. That Phil Dussault would do that. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's 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 keep. It's a little early to pull the Cohen out, don't you think? It's a little early, DVR. Don't you well, think? I don't know. I mean, it it, uh, it flowed into what you were talking about. So yeah. All right, let's, you know what? Let's talk. Then let's talk about my Tout Wars team. I just want to go over this really quickly because this is the worst luck I've ever had in any league. Um, I'm just going to read my bench, oh, and so I know so if so anyone bad. out there is listening has, has fallen on similar hard luck uh, a month and a half into the season. Not even a month and a half, like a month and a week into the season. This is my team. It's a 50-man roster, draft and hold. So I can't make any moves to remedy this. I have two people I can work into my lineup now. Everyone, The only healthy people are in my lineup except for Elvis Andrews and Jonathan Daza. Okay, so you actually have a full lineup still, even with all these guys hurt. I have a full lineup. One more pitcher goes down and I'm screwed. Though. All right, but you have a full lineup for now, so that's good. This is a long list. It's every player it has a DL or an I next to them. Okay, Adalberto Mondesi in alphabetical order. Adalberto Mondesi, Adderlene Rodriguez, David Price, there's Elvis Andrews, Evan White, Gabriel Moreno, Hoy Jun Park, Jack Flaherty, Jack, Jake Bowers, Jaron Duran, Jesus Lazardo, Joe Adele, Jose Barrero, Ken Giles, Luke Weaver, Matt Manning, Nick Madrigal, Nick Senzel, Rosny Castillo, who's in the independent leagues now somehow, Ryan Mountcastle, <laughs> Ryland Bannon, who's up for two days. He's down. I was so sad for you. Shed Long, Shogo Akiyama, Spencer Howard, Trevor May, Yermin Mercedes, and Jonathan Daza bringing up the rear. <laughs> that is not that is not a team that's going to finish in first, I think. I, I, the only problem I have is, is this actually alphabetical? Because if it's by first name, is it alphabetical? Or does it have to be yeah. by last name and it's alphabetical? Doesn't I just it? copied it off the site. So I understand. Howard but on Roto does it. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that like alphabetical, I think has to be last name, you know, first name alphabetical needs to be, you need to add the extra. Uh, that's really You're bad right. luck. DVR, cut that part out. I'll go back and I'll, let me sort by last name. <laughs> no, don't sort by last name. It's totally fine. Jesus Lazaro is a tough loss. It really is. And uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, Matt Manning's just taking his time. Yeah. Spencer Howard, not quite the pan out that I thought he would be at the moment. At the moment. Where is your, how is your mean Mercedes doing in AAA? He's not. He's still coming back from the hammate. He's oh. got a broken hand. Oh. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's not good. Because actually that makes sense because otherwise. I think so. He, Six to eight weeks. I haven't even checked. He might have come back up because they certainly have the availability. You know, they have room yeah. for a designated hitter. So 
could come up and do your mean Mercedes stuff for a few weeks and then continue doing your mean Mercedes stuff, get sent back down and quit baseball. How about that? Yeah. That's tough. So it was what, two days. What it place, was two days. He was emotional. What place are you in? Uh, I think eighth. I was in first. I was in third. I was holding kind of steady in third for a little bit, and then all this happened. Yeah. And uh, that was that. That was that. So, you know, we're still in good shape. Jonah Heim utility. I love me some Jonah Heim. <laughs> so, anyway, that's all. I just wanted to share that with everybody. That If you think you're having some bad luck, at least you can maybe do add drops in your league. Yeah, it's tough. You're not stuck with Jake Bowers and the Miners with the, a big I next to his name. The, the, those 50, those are tough. I, I actually really do prefer the fab ones now because you can make changes. You can make your team better. You can constantly make your team better. It's not just about what you do on the draft day. It's my complaint with NFPC, which is only a partial complaint. It's just, it's just part of the game. It's still fun to do. It's great to have the practice of doing them, but maybe go a little less expensive on the 50 team, on the 50 man rosters. And, you know, cause over the winter to be able to do that in January or February is so much fun, but the game plays, it just feels like you're, you know, it's like dealing with a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. Jake Bowers hitting 164 for the Cincinnati AAA affiliate. Yeah, that's pretty much what we expect. The Louisville Bats. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Um, what did anyway? What did Legeza <laughs> say about Christian Betancourt? Because I like Christian Betancourt. He just looks like a good baseball player. Oh, dude, Legeza's got a. So he's got. We, we call it the six hitters you should be targeting in fantasy baseball right now. Um, under the radar guys, rostered in fewer than 55 percent of NFBC leagues. Uh, Bethencourt, he pointed out, you know, in, in AAA since he came back from Korea, he slashed 280, 339, 480 with 16 homers, four steals, good for a 356 Woba. Um, and then mentioned that he's been playing a lot. He's been playing, I think, five of the last seven games as of Monday night. Two of those starts were at first base. So he's a mm-hmm. catcher who's playing a little bit of first base. Yeah. Uh, he's got a barrel rate less than five points lower than a strikeout rate, which is a great combo for a backstop. Um, he could be a top 15 catcher the rest of the way. I picked him up in AL labor like a month ago and then i had to drop him because of a roster crunch i liked him i mean he 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 just looks good dvr have you caught any view of betancourt i don't understand why the a's are giving him the chance he's playing better now than he was to start the season so it at least seems more justifiable now than it did a month ago the, the career track record in the big leagues was so bad that even with a, a couple of good weeks i've been hesitant to believe it's more than just you know filling a second catcher spot with a lot of playing time I, I think there's a chance that he gets a dfa'd if he has a, another bad week or two like i think he's that much on the bubble even though he's getting a lot of playing time for what is a terrible oakland team right now yeah really pretty owning frankie montas is very sad because he'll throw six innings strike out 12 guys give up two runs and get the loss it's just it, that team is that team doesn't hit very well. It's it's really tough. Yeah, he's got two more months before he's somewhere else, right? Two more months. Maybe. I mean, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'll take the I'll take the yes on Christian Betancourt as picking up as a second catcher. I'll take a yes on that. He even steal, stole a base, right? Does he have a stolen base this season? He runs uh, pretty well. He's fast. He's big and tall and fast and strong. And I don't know. I kind of like him. He was a he was a prospect coming. Up. He was top one hundred back in twenty fourteen. I kind of like him. All right, yeah. He's but only the second catcher guy. in America. American League only oh, second yeah. catcher. Second or? catcher AL, AL only is a great choice. Great choice. No quote. No doubt. Great choice. Oh, first catcher AL only. I mean, no, but no, right. no, no, not for. <laughs> okay. But but I mean, you know, probably top. I mean, he, like as it says, top 15 catcher rest of the way. So then, yes, if, if you go by who are the other five guys, I'm curious to hear what they are. Oh, the other five guys he picked? Yeah. Sure. Let's give away everything behind the paywall. Uh, I'm just kidding. Frank Schwindel yeah. is his first baseman. He picked one at each position. So his first baseman was Frank Schwindel. Okay. Uh, had some great, had some time sorted advanced stats and his quality of contact. He's doing all right. There. He's certainly doing better yeah. the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what he said. I mean, he, he like broke it down hardcore and like barrel percentage, ex Wobacon, that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, or is it ex Bacon? <laughs> okay. Who's the second? Who, Jay, his second baseman is Jace Peterson. Yeah. Um, likes the power speed combo. I'm surprised that two homers and yeah, two homers and two steals in the last week didn't garner more attention. Uh, Andrew Velazquez is his shortstop. Mm-hmm. Stealing uh, bases. Likes, 
likes the playing time has a rolling Z contact percentage chart in there. Fletcher's out for three months, so there's there's playing time available now. Andy Abanez is his third baseman. <sighs> okay. So he good. actually, so one of the line in here that he says is what I do know is desperate times can call for desperate measures. Okay, fair enough. I mean, he's, so, you know, I actually sat him this week uh, in AL labor because he's a reservable player and I sat him because I just, the playing time is pretty inconsistent. He had a couple of good weeks. You know, he's, he's worth keeping, but he's uh, AL only. He's fine. He's really fine. But uh, I wanted to use Vidal Bruhan. Um, all right. Who, who, who else? Who, who's in the outfield? And his outfielder is Cole Calhoun. Yeah. He's currently blocking our guys. Yeah, he is. But he's also currently hitting a lot of home runs. Hit another one last night as well. I mean, DVR, is Cole Calhoun worth anything? Yeah, he's fine. I mean, he's kind of just a typical 20 to 25 homer, big side platoon outfielder. He plays well in deeper weekly leagues, maybe on and off the roster in more shallow formats based on the schedule. But I think he's mostly the same decent version of Cole Calhoun we've seen for a few years. Yeah, and my my uh, ah on Cole Calhoun was not for a 12-team league. It was not for a 10-team league. Maybe not even for a 15-team league, but he is for an AL-only league. And it is under the radar. So uh, Cole Calhoun probably already rostered, uh, but the, the guy on that same team that I threw at the bottom of the rundown is Eli White, man. Eli White is, I don't even know what to say. Like, what does he got? 10 stolen bases, nine stolen bases, and like six of them in the last two weeks. He's leading off for that team. He's playing every day. I owned him last year a couple of times on and off the roster in AL Labor. Didn't quite, never quite caught on, but looks like he's got playing time now. And playing time is everything. I'll put him in the his lead for the waiver wire column this week. Yeah. Eli White. Yeah. I just remember him as the guy who was blocking Adolis Garcia last year. Adolis Garcia is all Adolis is playing. He's playing. Yeah. He's and he's he plays every single day, bats in the middle of that lineup, and he's actually hitting the ball right now. He's like he's looking like it's it doesn't look like he's totally figured out by uh you know, by by the book has not fully written on him yet. Or because it looked bad there in August, September last year. But he's you know, maybe gets tired. I don't know, because he's doing pretty well. Exciting player. DVR, uh, you haven't spoken much at all this episode. Where do you want to go here? You have this whole rundown in front of you. In fact, I got, in, our, in our shared rundown, I'm going to delete all those names because that takes up a lot of space. My Tout Wars, <laughs> my tout wars bench. Mm. Diver, you pick. All right. Let's talk about Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, let's talk about someone else. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. Take, Yusei take Kikuchi, the wheel. Go. Take the wheel. No, We're going kidding. to Wisconsin. Let's go to New no, York. Just... <laughs> um, Great story by Caitlin McGrath. On Yusei Kikuchi. What, what, well, all I know, the reason I threw Kikuchi in there is all of a sudden, his last two starts against the Yankees, he pitched brilliantly and then got to the sixth and I think ended up giving up one run, got two other guys on, and then the relief guy came in and let them all in. Just the look on Kikuchi's face, just like, oh man, now I got three earned runs. I lost my win. And then he came back, I think it was last night or the night before, and like six innings, nine strikeouts or something. One walk, like his velocity's up. Like he looks like the Kikuchi for a minute. He kind of looks like the Kikuchi that we kind of thought we were getting when he was coming over. DVR, what what do you think of Kikuchi? I'm trying to figure out why the walk rate is so high and if it's going to stay there. Because if it does, the ratios we're getting right now are, are not going to hold. But the stuff is good. And you're right, the velo, that's one of those things. He's holding that velo at the 95 mile per hour level with the fastball. We saw that jump in the shortened season and it hasn't faded, which is really encouraging. Still has a deep pitch mix. Got to like the arsenal. I think the problem I run into with Kikuchi is in that division, I keep finding reasons to sit him in more shallow mixed leagues, like in a 12 team league. He's one of the more difficult pitchers to have on your roster because it seems like half of his matchups and even some of these that come up at home, you look at and you say, ah, I just don't know. I mean, Yankees, of course, you're, you're avoiding a lot of decent pitchers against the Yankees right now. And I think that's where Kikuchi, that's where he falls for me, kind of in that 50 to 75 range among starting pitchers. Most of those guys are in and out of your lineup. But it just feels like in the AL East, you end up with a few more of those questions than you do in some other divisions. You just said something. And I don't know, you just said something that kind of blew my mind that maybe I need to 
maybe you didn't mean it this way, but I think this is interesting. Did you just say that when you're looking at the starters and deciding, this is obvious actually, why wouldn't you do this? But I don't do this. You look at who they're up against because, and say, if so if Kikuchi's going up against, uh, let's say for the Yankees, Garrett Cole, you don't want to start him. But if he's up against, let's say, Jamison Tyone, who's probably the least good pitcher right now for the Yankees, you'd be more apt to start him. Is that is that? Did you just say that? No, I'm still looking. I'm looking more at just the team okay. matchup. I'm not. I'm actually right. no, not no, no. that it, worried about those individual. It, it. If you had two very close pitchers, and it was late in the season, or even well, it just depends on the importance of your league, I guess. And you're drilling into you know your fourth or fifth factor that might decide okay. who you're going to go with. I think it is a consideration at some point. Win probability, it's just it's part of that calculation. Sure, yeah, yeah, the win probability question. The other thing, though, is when someone's up against a really good pitcher, I find they tend to pitch better. Do you notice that? Like, guys who are like, I, I'm facing Garrett Cole. I got to give my best game of the season. Although Garrett Cole has more run support than any Yankee this year, so I don't know if that quite holds. But it, it always kind of feels that way. It's like, you, you know you're going up against their ace. You got to pitch like an ace. Interesting. I wonder if there's ever been a study about that. Yeah. That's just psychologically something. Um, soft information. I should come up with a soft information. All right, DVR. He, I mean, all right, Nando, he took us to Wisconsin. DVR could, DVR could put a nice bed underneath that if you want to make it a segment. <laughs> soft information. I don't know if like I like that. A little violin, you know. Like, like, he, really could. Piano. he really could. And he did that for my birthday video audio thing, which was really still awesome. Um, but Nando, he just took us to Wisconsin. Where are we going next? Well, I, I did want to talk about Mauricio Dupont and Kike Hernandez kind of in the same breath, I guess, mm-hmm. because they're kind of, you know, I think they're two different levels, obviously, but uh, Mauricio Dupont came over to Houston. Houston actually went and traded for him, and when he left the Giants, they had like really nice things to say about him. Um, and it seemed like they were sending him to Houston to kind of, as, as a, you know, step up in his career in a way. Um, Houston's one of those weird... T- Houston and the Dodgers, man, they have like these cracks once in a while, and it seems like they don't have the right depth in places where they keep getting exposed. Um, you know, Altuve goes down, and you know, they make a trade for Mauricio Dubon a couple weeks later. Is he someone we should pay attention to? And is Kike Hernandez someone we should maybe consider jettisoning? He's not having a great... I wouldn't. I'm not. But in shallower leagues, since we want to do some shallow league stuff, is Kike Hernandez a jettison in a shallow league? And is Mauricio Dubon someone maybe put on your watch list in a shallow league and grab it an ale only? DVR? Many many questions. Yeah, DVR? I don't think Mauricio Dubon has enough ceiling to be a, a shallow league player in the near future. I think it's interesting that two smart teams are the last two teams to have him. Giants moving him to Houston. He's basically the Nico Goodrum replacement from what I can tell. So mm-hmm. what are we thinking that is for playing time? Is that yeah. four starts a week maybe at most Shh, most weeks? Most, at most. So I, I think it's more of a AL only league, good glue guy, you know, someone that can do a little bit of everything, sort of pick up. Kike, I'm always wrong about him. He's, he's one of those hitters that I, I underestimate, I think, a lot. Maybe it's because he came through initially as more of a small side platoon bench guy and eventually got that chance to be pretty much an everyday player in a good lineup. Of course, he's let off quite a bit this year for Boston. It doesn't seem like the, the playing time is in immediate danger. The way they've used him so far, he has started all but three games this season through Tuesday night, and he's let off, geez, more than half of them. So... Like it comes down to Jaron Duran, doesn't it? And and even with that, they could just play Jackie Bradley less. Uh, man, this Jaron Duran, I, I I've got Jaron Duran in a couple places, and I'm just well, obviously in Tower Wars as we heard earlier. I'm just waiting, man. Like what? Like what's going on? Just please bring him up and keep him up, right? Like what? What more can he do? Can you guys answer a question for me that I don't know? Does the clock start on someone's service time the moment they come up? But then if they go down, does the clock stop or does it continue? Do you already that's know a rate, that's a rate in barrels? That's it why stops. I, I, it's, yeah. it's days on the roster. Got it. So if it stays on the roster, I think that's what it is, because it's the same thing with Luis Garcia and Jeff Zimmerman. I'm going to give you a shout out. He sent me and he said he sends me this. Uh, he, he listened to last week's show and I was talking about Luis Garcia and he uh, he sent me a private message with Ben Stiller and Zoolander or whatever, like uh doing the slashing the throat like don't mention Luis Garcia again till after Fab runs this week um 
because I was talking about him and he was like, don't mention him. Because like, why is Luis Garcia not up? I think the reason Luis Garcia is not up is he was up for a while in 2021. And they're trying to like adjust his his time because there's no other reason why he wouldn't be up at this point. Like it's time for him to come up. So I think that because he was on the roster for a long time, they're going to keep him out. Uh, commiserate. Commiserate. That's not the word. Is that the word? Commiserate. Nah, commensurate. Commensurate. That's what I meant. Commensurate. Commiserate is like, this is how I feel so bad for you. I'm sorry. Things have gone so wrong. But uh, commensurate. Commensurate. <laughs> I'm screwed. There you go. There's your opening. Um, that uh, I think that's why they're keeping him down. For me, Mauricio Dubon is not even a play in AL only right now until someone really gets injured. I think they made it. Pena was injured, but he's back now. Hit a home run last night. Um, Altuve was out. I think you're right. It's the Nico Goodrum, but he's going to play twice a week. So no, there's no downside to not picking him up as you didn't in AL, in your AL only league. Um, and Kike Hernandez, man, doesn't hit home runs. He doesn't steal any bases. He's hitting 180. He plays good defense. He brings great energy to the field and to the team. So as a baseball player, he probably has more value than as a fantasy player. You know, that's my feelings on Kike Hernandez. He's more he's more bad than good. He should be hitting home runs, though, right? I mean, should he? He's not that big of a like dude. I feel like he's kind of like a like a mini Marcus Simeon. <laughs> Marcus Simeon's not doing so good. I mean, Marcus, he's not going to hit 41 home runs. but No, he, he hit, hit 20. I mean, you're right. 24, he hit 20, or 25. He, he hit 20 home runs last year with a 250 average. Uh, he does walk, um, you know, 67, 60 RBI, 84 runs. That is really valuable. Again, in an AL-only league. But in a mixed league, 12 team is not to be rostered. Not even close. 15 team, please find somebody better, I think. That's my opinion. I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm not saying drop him, throw him on your bench and see if he turns around because he does get hot. That's true. He does get hot. So he may have like a little hot streak, but it's not. he's just not a great place to be right now. Wow, that's got to be one of the biggest hard hit rate drops of anybody this far into the season. He's at 25.9%. Last two seasons, Kike Hernandez just over 43%. So 25.9% is not as bad as Victor Robles, but it's down the street from Victor Robles. Victor Robles with his first stolen base this week, baby. Yes, he did. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. I know, DVR, you're the only guy who doesn't believe in Victor Robles at this point. It's sad. I, no, I, I believe in Victor Robles as a $3 NL only throw. I mean, he's not a 15 team. He, he's not a 15 team player. You can't, you, you're not, you, well, if you're starting him in a 15 team league, and there is one that I think I started him in this week with Brett Sayre, um, that that's just not going well. That team is just chugging, struggling. Um, but no, Victor Robles, not even playing every day. But what if someone in a 15 team league offered you Victor uh, Leody Tavares for Victor Robles? And I think I want to ask this in Dynasty. Uh, yeah, you have to ask Dynasty. Nobody. Do can. you? Yeah, you have to because nobody's stashing Leody Tavares right now. They might be. Uh, okay. I'd rather have Leody Tavares. I, 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 know, I know one person who is. <laughs> who? You're stashing Leody Tavares? Yeah. It, but it's a Dynasty league. No, in a, in a 15 team single season really? league. Mm. It's a team that needs offense, though. It's a team a couple guys got hurt, so okay. I, I, I'm just waiting. I mean, I mean, he can't. You can't ignore him forever, right? Like at some point, they gotta be like, all right, let's let's bring him up and figure this out here. Maybe. I mean, th- the Rangers are interesting. They're growing nicely, and they're they're coming into. I mean, Nate Lowe has been terrible, unfortunately for him, and he's now they're platooning him. He's batting sometimes seventh, eighth in the lineup. Sure, why not? You know, throw it up against the wall. That's what a lot of these teams are doing. It's just like, all right, you're working. Like Emmanuel uh, Rivera, is that what it is? Who, the Kansas City guy. Third baseman for him, for Kansas City. Is it... Rem- what is his name? Hold on. I, I have an answer to this question. You got it. Which one is it? What is it? Uh, it's Emmanuel Rivera. Okay, Emmanuel Rivera. Uh, third baseman. He had a good weekend. And so he's going to get opportunity. And if he... You know, in AL only league, Emmanuel Rivera w- uh, might get some playing time and might be a nice piece to have. And as uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's cousin Jose Miranda is yes. batting under a hundred in like sixty at bats, I just don't think that's going to last very long. I think he's going back down. So I'm trying to think ahead for a, a, another corner infielder opportunity. And Emmanuel Rivera was a pickup for me this week in AL Liber. Uh 
Would you drop Spencer Torkelson in a 12 team league? I mean, we're just talking about you yes, got me thinking about rookies teams, now. Yes. Miranda, Torkelson, struggling. Torkelson yeah. in a 12 team league is, a, is an absolute cut for me. Does he need to be sent down for the turnaround? Or yes. Turn, I mean, like Bobby Witt's turning it around. Yeah. Torkelson. And they got a new hitting coach. Coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. They got a new hitting coach in Kansas City, not in Detroit. Yeah, that's what I meant. Bobby oh, okay. Witt's turning it around, and now they have a and new hitting coach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Torkelson. And 12 team is a cut. 15 team is almost a cut. Almost cut him this week in a 15 team league. Um, but traded for Luis Urias instead. Imagine he starts figuring it out like next week. Yeah, I think he's got to go down. D- Derek, DVR, what do you think? I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's tough because his AAA numbers last year were were good, especially when you consider age level. He was only twenty one last season, but it was only forty games. Is that enough to say that he's completely conquered that level when you get to the big leagues and strike out almost a third of the time? I'm inclined to say the Tigers should continue to be patient with Torkelson, but as fantasy GMs and redraft leagues, especially, I'm with you on the 12 team drop. Yeah, I just think you you have to yeah. move on. You have to get more from that spot, and you have to accept the possibility that you could cut him today, and two or three weeks from now he could start hitting like Spencer Torkelson might hit and then for the next 10 years. You can either try to pick him up again, or you just accept the fact that you did something better for those three weeks. You had to make that move, right? You're not going to bat a thousand on your drop decisions like that has to be kind of baked into how's this likely to turn out. I mean, in 12 team league, the rest of season projection for Torkelson right now from the bad X is 233 with a 317 OVP, a 404 slug, 14 homers, 12 team league. That's like a 20 home run pace with a low average and probably below average counting stats because the Tigers offense is still a work in progress. So in that case, I think it's it's pretty easy to convince yourself that, yeah, he could go off, but more likely than not, it's a year away still. I, I'll take guys available in a 12-team league right now on the corner. Miguel Cabrera. I would take Miguel Cabrera right now over Torkelson. Uh, Jace Peterson's there. Colin Moran. Uh, uh, Lamont Wade Jr. is available, though he's got a little knee issue. Mikel Franco available in 12-team league. Daniel Vogelbach. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there, there are guys available. That you, you might rather have. Uh, Garrett Cooper is available in 12 team leagues, and Garrett Cooper, I like an awful lot. He's playing every day. He's, he still hasn't exploded out, but he's getting the opportunity. And if he if he can figure it out, it's a it's a boomstick, baby. Boomstick baby. Baby boomstick. <laughs> Mike going. Ford, dude, Mike Ford, your your boy, Mike Ford is playing pretty much every day in Seattle and not doing much, but he's playing. I like Mike Ford was one of our guys uh, two years ago he with was, his Yankees call up. Yeah, he was your guy. He was your guy. He was. I mean, he was. He was. I wasn't like you know. No, he was screaming wasn't. his name from the rooftops. No, 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 he's in a good situation. Him. and He's got good numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's oh, yeah, a lot. So he 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 went to what was it the Dodgers? He went somewhere. In I think the, it was Giants Mariners. The Giants back to the it was Mariners, Mariners Giants Giants Mariners. back to the Mariners. Right. They're like yeah. take him back, and we're done. It's like it's, it's like you you leave your dog with somebody for a few weeks and you're like, hey, please take your dog back. Uh, I'm not calling Mike Ford a dog. Mike Ford is playing every day. Steven Souza also. <laughs> I don't think anyone thought you were. <laughs> Steven Souza also playing every day uh, in, well, maybe not every day, but playing a lot in right field for the Seattle Mariners with Kalanick going down. See, they sent Kalanick down. I'm all for that, man. It, failure is, is bad. As my younger brother sent me a text, losing is a disease. Remember from The Natural? Yes. DVR, have you seen The Natural? <laughs> I've not. Wow. Oh. And they let you host Rates and Barrels. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Dude, The Natural is really good. It's a yeah, baseball really movie. Good, man. I mean, it's not like... You, like, How did you not even like, accidentally stumble upon that? Well, you kind of, kind of, it's a little strange. Like it's, on TV. I mean, it's all it's on TV. Yeah, but if you don't, if you, he's younger than us too. I mean, you're younger than me, but he's younger than you. That, that extra six years, it wasn't HBO for him. You know, it was on HBO all the time. Robert Redford playing a Babe Ruth type character, but who doesn't look like Babe Ruth? Who looks like Robert Redford? It's a really good movie. It's a really fun movie. A little weird at times, but it's it's like baseball in 1924. It's really cool. It's worth it's it worth a like lot. TBS and stuff though. Yeah, but again, it was Gladiator and then The Natural. You know, right? But if you're but if you if you've never seen The Natural, you can't just like hop in, in the middle of the movie. Like you have to watch from the beginning to the end. Glenn Close, a young Glenn Close, 
very good in that movie. Oh, that movie's good. That's a good movie. DVR, what are your thoughts on Glenn Close? I don't, I don't really have any thoughts on Glenn Close. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Do you know who she is? Corella DeVille? Yes. That's yeah. right. Was she? Yeah, she yeah. played Corella DeVille. I'm sure she's had more prominent roles that she grown-ups are fully aware of. Fatal, and sorry, sorry to call you a young whippersnapper there, DVR, but you're a bit of a whippersnapper, and that's how they talk in the movie. And uh, there we go, and ah, the natural. It's, it's really fun. It's a good movie. Hey, tell you what, I'll take us on a side note just for a second, and really? then we're going to get into... Uh, the whole show is a side note. <laughs> just, really no, the show's us. been great. There's a lot of advice in this show. Oh, okay. Adeline Rodriguez in May, 333 average, 1.165 OPS, four home runs, nine on the year. But here's a side note. Everyone's crapping on this The Godfather show. The offer, it's pretty good. We watched the first two episodes. Is I don't it? know if it gets worse after the first two, but I'm enjoying it. I've got the a guy st- who plays Robert Evans is great. How about the the guy who played Francis Ford Coppola? His name is Dan Fogler. He's awesome. Great. Dan Fogler uh, and I spent a lot of time together in the '90s, um, and I saw him and I said, "You're freaking genius, dude!" And I did everything I could to get my agent to sign him. My agent was like, I don't know what to do with him. I was like, I'm telling you, he's a genius. He's going to be a huge star. And then he ended up uh, doing a play on a musical on Broadway, won the Tony Award for it, and then became a big movie star and then kind of went back down to the minors. Like, he's like a Torkelson. And now he's back up and he's uh, Dan Fogler. I, I wish him nothing but the best. The masses would know him as the dude from Fantastic Beasts. Yes. I think. Yes. I think. They would know him from that for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know I, him I mean, from sitting from in Balls my. Balls of Fury. I know him from sitting in my apartment when in, in my studio apartment with him sitting on the floor showing me a VCR tapes of all of his different characters that he's created. He had this one like crazy Eddie like character. And it's this. And he, it was very, very, very funny. I TVR doesn't know who crazy Eddie is either. No, I guess he probably would not. I guarantee know. he doesn't know. No. Crazy yeah. Eddie. His prices are. Go ahead, Nando. Uh, I don't remember that. Are you serious? Crazy Eddie. His prices are insane. No. I just remember the person. I don't. I didn't really see too many of the commercials. Actually, <laughs> I just remember his <sighs> his pop culture. Place. I need to start hanging out with older guys. Crazy. I need to. I need to start doing a show with older guys. Glenn Colton. How about Max Headroom? Nope. Wow. Yeah. All right, we could do this all day. Let's yeah. save. All right, let's save this. Right. Of all of those things, <laughs> of all of those things, The Natural really is the best of all of them. Hey, Max will Hedrum's you? If you've two. seen The Natural and you've just listened to the show, please tweet to DVR. What you think of the natural? Is that all right? And and put Nando and I on the on the thread too, please. Yeah, feel free. Please do. I don't please. really need to be. Con- I mean, I I want to watch the movie. I'll take the time to watch it. So it, I love it doesn't you. it doesn't lying. require the uh, the push that you might think. Okay, very good. You will oh, really because it took Ian three years to get us to watch Midnight Run. It's true. And, not, and DVR still hasn't watched it. He still hasn't watched The Godfather. But the natural is an easier fit. The natural is a baseball. It's a baseball movie. It really is baseball. It's really good. It's really good. I don't want to ruin a damn thing about it. It's just great. What if we told you Wilfred Brimley? I was just going to say Wilfred Brimley, man. <laughs> All right. We gotta, <laughs> I was just going to say Wilfred Incredible. Brimley is, I, that might be your opening. Wilfred Brimley is uh, is the manager and he's got the mustache. And do you know, wait, do you know who Wilfred Brimley is? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. What do you know Wilfred Brimley from? And I'm going to guess it's not Cocoon. The Pepper Medical Farms. supply commercials. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Diabetes. <laughs> and the Pepperidge Farms commercials. The Pepperidge Farm commercials. Wilfred Brimley. Ah. I liked Wilford Brimley. He's great in this movie. He's got a big part. He's got a big, big part. part. Who else is in this movie? Kim Basinger's in this movie. Robert Duvall. Yeah, Kim Basinger. No nudity. Oh no nudity, though. Sorry, DVR. There's no nudity. Uh, Robert Duvall. That's right. Robert Duvall plays the reporter. Ooh. He's he's tough, man. It's a tough yeah. movie. It's a, it's, it's a yeah. great movie. It'll make you it'll make you cry. I, th- I bet you. Is he the is he artist? Is he a cartoonist or was he the reporter? He was a reporter. The, the was cartoonist was the reporter back in the day. Remember? He would draw both, a picture right. of him and... Oh, it's just a great, great morale. It's great. It's great. I want to hear about watching Gregory Soto pitch. Also, actually, that's two closer notes for me and Khan. Uh, one is pick up Clay Holmes, back page yes. closer change. Yes. Number two is watching Gregory Soto pitch. Go. Okay, so I always talk about the back page closer. I always like to get the back page, the guy who, if he's going to lose his job, it's going to be in the back page of the Daily News or your local newspaper that's similar. Like, Aroldis Chapman loses the job. We are mm, maybe tonight we're going to see that because last night Clay Holmes was warming up with a 5-3 lead. And then all of a sudden it was like Aaron Boone decided in the last moment, I don't want the back. I don't want the story. I'm bringing Chapman in and Chapman just is not as good as he used to be. 
he's just not as good as he used to be, unfortunately. Um, Where does that put him, though? I mean, is not as good Chapman still like eighth or ninth overall? No, or is he like twentieth. 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 And and Clay Holmes, if Clay Holmes gets that job, Clay Holmes turns. I think I haven't seen him be the man right you haven't seen him be the guy yet and that's a big thing right because all of a sudden in the ninth inning the breath gets a little tight and everything goes a little tired and it's like oh you start to feel the pressure a little bit but the the stuff on clay holmes i don't know what uh the stuff plus says about clay holmes but just what i watch when i'm seeing him you can't hit that stuff you can't hit him so i think clay holmes ends up with that job sooner soon because they almost lost that game last night i expected them to lose that game last night so that's what I think. You like Holmes? Holmes like, obviously over Loisaga, right? Yes, no question. Loisaga has been Loisaga really struggled this year. I mean, the numbers are bad, and um, he doesn't look right. Something looks wrong. Um, maybe it's emotional, actually. And but it, it's not. It's not great. Chad Green does not have the intestinal fortitude. Speaking of Vince McMahon, uh, to I think to hold that job, and I think Clay Holmes is like a monster. I think he's a monster. So I think he's going to get that job if he's still available. Even in a 12-team, I say you pick him up. I say you pick him up. If he's available in a 15-team, it's a no-brainer pickup. No-brainer. To me. All right. No How about brainer. Gregory Soto, then? Gregory, How does this work? Gregory Soto. I believe I we, we had numerous conversations this offseason about Gregory Soto. And is Gregory Soto worthy of being a top-10 closer pick? And I believe genius over here, that's me, and that's sarcastic, was like, Gregory Soto has the job. He said he said he has the job. He's got ridiculous stuff. And I remember my friend Derek Van Riper saying, you know, there's this command issue. He tends to walk people. You know about that? I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, but is Soto? He's a man. Watching Gregory Soto pitch is uh, bad for my blood pressure because you don't know what he's going to do. And then, so the other night, I have Michael Fulmer and Gregory Soto on AL Labor. Fulmer comes in with a 2-1 lead in the eighth. He hasn't pitched in like six days, right? And there was the other guy who came in for a minute and looked great. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll pick him up. Didn't pick up anybody in in, uh, in the main event this week. Uh, just stuck with Soto. Fulmer comes in, gives up a run. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess there's a chance that I could get a win and a save if Gregory Soto, if if they can score a run. The Tigers hit a home run with two outs to take a 3-2 lead. Soto comes in. So now we're looking at like a major thing. If if Soto closes this game 3-2, to two, you don't just get the save. You also get a win. This is a big deal. You know that feeling, right? When you've got the starter and the closer, and it's like, can the guy close it out? And you're going to take the big... You know, combo meal of win and save. And watching him pitch is just frightening. It's just, I can't, I can't, Rob Mershak, oh, I asked him, I said, did you watch? He's like, I can't watch him anymore. I just, I can't watch him. And uh, I watched and he closed it out, but it's scary and painful. He's not going to be the closer at the end of this season. It, not with these skills. It's just not going to hold. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you on that. And I'm just riding it out. Uh, in two big spots. I've got him in two really big spots. I think two. Will Vest might be their new closer. Vest, we'll see. But then oh, Vest, Will Vest. Jua just wrote about him. Dude, Vest. Yes, he did. I read that article. Great article. The 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 problem with Vest is he came in last night and kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. So if you did pick up Vest, and I almost picked up Vest in a couple of spots, but decided, nah, I picked him up in Devil's Rejects, um, where we're just, and then I have one more closer story if you'd like to hear it. Yeah, of course. This is helpful to people. Jordan Romano. So I traded for him last two last week, beginning of last week. Traded Mountcastle and uh, Mondesi. Mountcastle and Mondesi in an OBP league, both uh, injured at the time. Although Mountcastle wasn't really injured, but he was struggling and there was a problem with the wrist. Ended up going the deal to a team that's not in a com- competing mode. So we got two young bats. And in Devils, we're in first or second place we're going for it in a 20 team league and we only have one closer. So we traded those two guys for Jordan Romano and Eric Hosmer in an OBP league. Cause Hosmer has been great. And Romano has been great. Then Tuesday morning, Monday night after lineups had locked, we get the notice that Jordan Romano has seen the trainers and is unavailable tonight. Now Romano's velocity was down in his last relief outing. And I literally went, you telling me that Romano's about to get TJ. Because that's what definitely felt like TJ. So what I do, I ran to the waiver wires, the only league you can do this in, and picked up Adam Simber. And then Mershak sends me uh, a clip saying it could be Yimmy Garcia too. 
So I went and picked up Yimmy Garcia, and we only get four pickups in a week. And then okay. late that night, it says he was sick with non non COVID illness. <laughs> non COVID illness, yeah. right? So I've blown, I've blown. Well, I still like having Simber. It's kind of cool because uh, he's pretty good. But that that was a you know fantasy baseball. It's like life. It's like you can't control it. It's just it just is constantly moving and constantly changing. That's it. I'm done. You gotta love it. Uh, by the way, we got I some breaking news. Willie Adamas is on the IL with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, he looks hurt. Did you see that play, Derek? Nope. Ooh, really? He slid into home and he just started pounding the ground. It's never good. Yeah, it's it's never never good. Those collisions at the plate, even though they've made changes to the rules, it's still it's still bad when catcher meets runner. How about when Torkelson meets Mateo? Did you see that? No. Oh, poor Mateo, man, dude. The dude, he was on. He's on fire, man. He's having such a good season. Then uh, you know, he, abrasions. He what, do you, hits, what do they call it? abrasions? He he hits a little grounder down the first base line. <laughs> Mateo and the ball are close to arriving. Torkelson picks up the ball and literally like just hip checks him into the into the boards. There's no boards. Mateo goes flying. I mean, I was like Torkelson's going to get one in the in the ribs for that. Like that was that was an uncool play. I did not like that play at all. I mean, I obviously I have some Mateo love, but it was it was it was kind of ugly. Or right, what else we got? Oh, I mean, well, I actually wanted to go back to the Milwaukee thing and see what DVR thought was going to be the scenario that plays out. Like, is this more playing time for Jace Peterson? Yes. Is this Kesson Hero move? Like, what's the uh, what's it going to be? How's it going to look? Arias at short, and then uh, more Jace Peterson at third, probably platooning with Mike Brasso. Boom. Not Brousseau? We don't say Brousseau? Well, we say tout wars, so it doesn't mean anything well, what we, we say. say. Tout table. <laughs> tout table. Uh, tout table. I think I that's right. After all that, you didn't even put an answer into tout table. It's true. It's true. <laughs> that's ridiculous, man. <laughs> you know I'm going to put one in for you one of these weeks. It got away. It got away from me. Got I'm going to put in a ridiculous Ian Conn answer Please and don't. see if anyone notices. Please don't. I, 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 Why? Because that stuff makes me sad. You could do it for me. It's fine. Uh, Miguel Andujar, you, you have this question. Hitting 303 with four home runs, two stolen bases. Why won't they just trade him? Why do you think, Nando? I don't. I have no idea, man. Like, I know he was up for like, when I was when we went to that one Orioles game, uh, I know he was up for like two days. And they're like, oh, will he play? We don't know. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, he was so good his rookie year. And then he just... He hasn't done anything wrong, and the Yankees just keep uh, stunting his growth as a player. Derek? I can't figure it out. I think it's more about the Yankees' value depth than and Duhar's had options. So when you have a guy with options that you like, you can do the Clint Frazier thing. I think he's just the new Frazier. He's just, what do you, what do you, what do you need on the team, right? Like, what do you need? Your roster's already full. Your relief, the, the the bullpen is enormously good. Michael King is, I mean, Michael King, Clay Holmes, uh, you know, you, Green, Luasaga, and Chapman. You got five guys there that could conceivably close. You don't need a reliever. You're probably not going to get, a, you're not going to get a frontline starter for him. It's the kind of trade, you know, you know what would be a really good trade for him? Also, he doesn't have a position that he's good at which is a problem. Why isn't Miguel Andujar being traded to the Oakland A's as part of a package for Frankie Montas? How about that? Uh, I mean, it seems like we've come up with a billion trades for the A's to make for Frankie Montas. It's maybe they just don't want to trade him. They they're waiting for the they you know, they they're doing it right actually. They're waiting for probably late July and saying, "All right, now he's up. He's got another year too, so it's not just you're not just renting him for five starts in the playoffs." They can get a lot for him. They get a lot for him because teams that are in position that want to make the playoffs and do well in the playoffs, he's a difference maker. He will be your number two starter in the playoffs for whatever, pretty much whatever team you're on. Pretty much, not if he goes to the Mets, but any other team, pretty much. I'd like to know what you were going to say about Tyon's facial expressions as we go into the home stretch here. Tyon, uh, good stuff. <laughs> Which way is this going to go? It's going to go wrong. Tyone, watching Jameson Tyone, it's like watching Michael Kopech. It's just, you look at a guy who, watch him. If you ever watch him, he just looks like something's going to go wrong all the time. That's not the best way to play baseball. You've got to be calm. You've got to be relaxed. The calmer you are, the clearer you think. The calmer you are, the clearer, you, the better you play. And if you watch him, he always looks like he's ready for the other shoe to drop. I, I just can't get around that. 
I just, I, I can't get beyond that. And I think that his emotional energy on the mound hurts him for sure hurts him. That's what I see. Derek, have you ever seen this or is this all just, you know, Hungarian? I've never noticed anything unusual about it. I mean, is it like an Eli Manning situation? Like, yes. I always thought Eli Manning looked kind of ridiculous with his facial expressions, but yes, his, exactly. his career turned out okay. It did. It's a different sport. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. I, but but that, is that not a position similar to pitcher where you'd want to be as emotionally in control as possible and confident at all times? Like, you need that. Again, it, it's it, it's a different sport. So I, I don't know football the same way that I know baseball. I don't know how it would manifest. Uh, clearly, for Eli Manning, his you know he won two Super Bowls and beat Tom Brady in both of them. So, you know, tip your hat to Eli Manning. Great career. Uh, but all I know is that watching Jamison Tyone, those Tyone, if, give, give me an hour with Tyone. Well, I probably need more than an hour to be honest. Give me like three hours over the course of three weeks with Tyone and Kopech, and I think they would be much better pitchers because they just have to think differently. It's just how Kopech's having a kid right now. Doesn't that change? Uh, yeah, that changes things. <laughs> yeah, that changes things. But but it just it it, it could be like Spencer Strider. I just want to talk about it. If you want to have a lot of fun, go watch his two innings that he pitched Monday night and watch him strike out guys and do a twirl. Actually, all you have to do is just put in Strider on Twitter and you'll see him. He does this little twirl at the end after he strikes a guy out that you gotta, it's like as a, as a communicator, I, I teach people how to work on camera. Like you can't touch your face. If you're, if you're nervous, you can't, if you're not relaxed, you can't let your voice go. Like as we, the three of us talk, we, we bring variety to our tone, right? Can't do that if you're not relaxed. And you can't twirl on a mound after you strike a guy out if you're not relaxed and confident. And so like, that's what I'm looking for and stuff, of course. But Nestor Cortez is all about this. Nestor Cortez is doing this with deception and with and with moxie i I like pitchers with super give me super moxie man give me the moxie i want the moxie like your oldest chapman no well that's a different that's that's something i've never liked watching chapman pitch not in the last three years no come on no you know you and your brother bought his glove no definitely not i'm not a fan i'm not a i'm not i just traded your oldest chapman to my brother uh, right before the week because he had Clay Holmes. Otherwise, I would not have traded him or all the Chapman. But I was like, all right, you have Holmes, and I have four closers, and it's a 12-team league. I'll give you this. And, uh, and, uh, Fair. Well, you got anything else you want to yeah, squeeze in? Just a couple quick guys. Willie Castro's playing every day in Detroit. <laughs> Willie Castro's playing every day in Detroit, starting left field, batting second every day. We've been talking about him for years. Maybe this is his time. He's hitting the ball. Danny Jimenez does look like the closer in Oakland. Not that they're going to win that many games. And, oh, I really want to ask you guys. We'll start with you, Nando, and then Derek, and then we can close. Nando, Hunter Green pitched seven and a third no-hit innings this past weekend against the Pirates. He was a big pickup for uh, Rob and I in our main event this week. Uh, People, we put in a bid for George Kirby that was higher, but I was more excited and interested in Hunter Green because it'll give us strikeouts. Not that Kirby won't. We got him for $101, I think, with a second bid of $55. He was mostly owned in other main events, but he was available in ours. Do you think that it's for real, or do you think it's just a blow-up when it happened? No, I think he's for real, man. I mean, like again, like his problem's been a lot of home runs, and I'm sure pitching in Cincinnati, and I'm also sure, like, I, I mean, all right, obviously athletes are very professional, but the way they're going, like, how do you get fired up for that? You know, like, uh, what's like, wh- how do you get so like hype? But I think he's legit, man. The minor league numbers point to it. His prospect status that he had, I like Hunter Green a lot. And maybe I'm just saying it because I have him in a lot of places. But uh, I do think maybe that's the confidence boost that he needs to be like, all right, I'm not a seven something ERA pitcher. You know, I, I can do this. I like that. I like that a lot, Derek. Tough schedule so far for the Reds. I may have said that on the show a week or two ago. He started at Atlanta, at the Dodgers, home against the Cardinals, at Coors, at Milwaukee. Milwaukee again back in Cincinnati at home for his second home start, and then at Pittsburgh being an easy start finally. I think he's been as challenged as any young pitcher has been through seven outings so far this year. The ratio should get better. I'm just concerned that if it's not homers, it's walks. It's always one of those things, even when he was great against the Pirates in that last outing. 
Five or walks five, that day. Five, walks. five, five that day. Even when he pitched well against the Brewers the start before that, he walked four guys. So you, I think you're probably talking like for a best case scenario for ratios, low fours with kind of a bad whip, lots of Ks. It fits on some teams. I think in the NL Central, there's going to be some easier spots. It's the it's the opposite of the AL East, right? You tend to talk yourself into playing guys with some of those matchups, maybe when you shouldn't because of which home park he happens to pitch in. But uh, the future's still really bright. I just think he's he's going to be like another Kikuchi type where it's surprisingly difficult to use him more because of skills than because of matchups. And those matchups might steer you to take more skills risk on than you probably want to. Damn, you're good. How about that? Come on. Yeah, that's spoken like a true Brewers fan. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know um, uh, Ian, you got anything else? It looks like we're at the bottom. Though. I think we're, we're I think we're done. I think we put in we put in a solid hour. I sent you guys a video of my son uh, and the hit. It's it's a I texted it to you guys if you want to watch and and you can note him going around the bases because he's pretty freaking fast. I try not to look at my phone too much during the show. It's so. fair, but I think it was a it was after I was talking about. It. I was like, I'm gonna send it to you guys now. You oh, nice, yeah. No alarm going off today either. So no, I shut good. off. We're on a roll. Everything. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, thanks, everybody. We hope this is helpful. Uh, make sure you hit us up and see if you can figure out more people that Derek Van Riper doesn't know, even though it seems like he should. The Natural. He does. He's going to watch The Natural this week. He's, he's, I know. He's he, going to be doing a lot of Googling of Kim Basinger, I think. Uh, for the man who actually hasn't vetoed any of his replacement hosts yet, Derek Van Riper. I mean, it's not really up to me as long as you guys don't ruin the show while I'm gone. We're going to get weird, man. <laughs> For the man who, after the show, is going to text DVR and ask him to edit out all the tout table talk, Ian Cow. It's not true. You could please keep it in the in, in the show. We got to go. We love you all. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you later. Good talk. Good talk. Bye.